Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Breaking News in Non-Small Cell Lung Cancer, the latest evidence on emerging antibody drug conjugates targeting TROP2. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by independent educational grants from AstraZeneca and Daichi Sankyo. I'm Dr. Alex Spira with Virginia Cancer Specialists and Next Oncology Virginia. Today, let's review the most recent clinical data coming out of ASCO 2023, evaluating the efficacy and safety of antibody drug conjugates targeting trope 2 and how these options may fit into our clinical practice. This session will review why we are looking at targeting trope 2 for non-small cell lung cancer. We know that non-small cell lung cancer is the most predominant form of lung cancer, and most patients are diagnosed at an advanced stage of disease with a five-year survival of 20% or less. We also know that patients with advanced non-small cell lung cancer can deteriorate very quickly when their disease progresses. Antibody drug conjugates represent a new era of care. They harness the power of cytotoxic chemotherapy and targeted therapy by delivering highly potent cytotoxic agents to cancer cells expressing a cell surface target. I think of it as guided missiles. You have the antibody part of the antibody drug conjugate, or ADC, that binds the tumor cell, and it brings with it a payload or warhead, this highly focused cytotoxic chemotherapy to the cancer cell that can kill the cancer cells directly. They can also kill adjacent cancer cells because as the cells die, they can leach into the immediately adjacent cells, causing tumor cell death by what we call a bystander effect. Trope 2 is a transmembrane glycoprotein or intracellular calcium signal transducer that can be highly expressed in several solid tumor types. The upregulation of trope 2 in cancer cell lines stimulates tumor growth. And trope 2 is involved in at least six major cell signaling pathways associated with tumor tumorogenesis. Most importantly, this means it is highly expressed on many cancer cells, making it a good target for an ADC. There are several ADCs targeting trope 2 under clinical development. We'll first talk about datapotamab deruxtecan, which is a humanized IgG1 antibody attached to a deruxtecan payload. There's also sasituzumab govotecan. It has a different payload against SN38, which is the active metabolite of arinotecan. A third one also in development a little further behind is SKB264, which is also a humanized IgG1 antibody with a cleavable linker and a TOPA1 inhibitor as well. We know that in lung cancer, trope 2 overexpression occurs in about 64% of adenocarcinomas and 75% of squamous cell carcinomas. We also know that it's a negative prognostic factor in non-small cell lung cancer. There are currently no trope 2 directed antibody drug conjugates approved by the FDA or the EU for non-small cell lung cancer treatment. Sasituzumab is approved by the EU and the FDA as monotherapy for the treatment of metastatic triple negative breast cancer. HR-positive, HER2-negative breast cancer, as well as metastatic eothelial cancer. In the next session, we'll review the most recent data evaluating the efficacy of TROPE2-directed ADCs as monotherapy in advanced non-small cell lung cancer. This session will describe the most recent data evaluating TROPE2-directed therapies as monotherapies for the treatment of advanced non-small cell lung cancer. There are several current phase three trials with antibodies against trope two uh, in non-small cell lung cancer in monotherapy. 
Briefly, we'll talk about uh, Tropion Lung 01, which is a comparison of datapotamab deruxtecan versus docetaxel in the second-line setting. Very similar concept is the Evoke 01 study, which is sasetuzumab versus docetaxel in the second-line scenario. Both of these are for patients who progressed on platinum-based chemoimmunotherapy. We'll talk now about the Tropion Pan Tumor 01 study. This is the phase one study that led to the phase three study looking at simply the anti-tumor activity of datapotamab deruxtecan. Three doses were looked at here, four, six, and eight mg per kg. The response rates, as you look, were 22% to 26%, with partial responses in that range as well. Progression-free survival between four months and 6.9 months. This is in a very heavily pre-treated population with what we found to be very encouraging responses and clinical activity that's leading to further development of this. And this is what we would hope to see in a study that would be compared to docetaxel in the second-line setting. The phase three studies are moving forward with the six milligram per kilogram dose due to the combined efficacy and acceptable safety profile. The initial interim results have been pre uh, preliminarily released, demonstrating that datapotamab deruxtecan in this phase three study, Tropion Lung 01, compared with Vosotaxel, had statistically significant improvement in progression-free survival in, in pretreated locally advanced metastatic lung cancer patients. Overall survival data at the time of the initial cut was not mature. We hopefully will hear more of this down the road. And this also brings in sasetuzumab. It was a basket study looking at multiple tumor types, but here drilling down to just the non-small cell lung cancer patients, you can see a pretty impressive waterfall plot with both stable disease and partial response as well, leading to the development of the phase three study, Evoco one which as previously mentioned, it will be a confirmatory study comparing the second line patients previously treated with chemoimmunotherapy to either sasetuzumab or docetaxel with typical uh, measurements, endpoints, and stratification that you would see in any phase three registrational study. In the next session, we'll discuss the available clinical data for combination strategies with trope 2 directed ADCs. This session will review the clinical implications of the latest efficacy data for trope 2 directed plus immunotherapy combination regimens. We'll now look at Tropion Lung 02, which is datapotamab, deruxtecan, plus pembrolizumab with or without platinum chemotherapy. As you can see here in the waterfall plots, there's what I think are very promising response rates with very good disease control rates, over 90% in both the doublet and the triplet subgroups. These are mostly all newly diagnosed patients. These are patients without actionable genomic alterations. We now look at the spider plots, and here you're looking at, the, for those patients who respond, what's the duration of response? And as you can see, there are many patients in both the doublet and the triplet therapy ongoing um, up to a year, and many patients ongoing from 12 to 18 months at the time of the data cutoff. So again, we appear to have impressive response rates as well as durable response rates as well. We'll now look at Tropion Lung 07, which is datapotamab, deruxtecan, plus pembrolizumab, plus or minus chemotherapy. And the hope right now is to think about developing possibly a chemotherapy-free regimen uh, or improving on the current chemotherapy as well. Tropion Lung 07 will be evaluating whether the combination of datapotamab, deruxtecan, plus pembrolizumab as first-line therapy is as effective as pembrolizumab or more effective compared with platinum-based chemotherapy in patients with a TPS score of less than 20%. So in 
you know, unique things being looked at here to come up with better treatments for this patient population with high PDL status and hopefully developing chemotherapy for your regimens. We'll briefly talk about trapine lung 08 right now, which is datapotamab deruxtecan plus pembrolizumab. And this is in patients of PDL score greater than 50%, randomizing them to either pembrol alone, which is the standard of care, and whether or not the addition of datapotamab at six mg per kg improves outcomes. Uh, and again, typical endpoints that you, you would see on a randomized registrational study seen here. Avoco 2, we're now looking at sesotuzumab plus pembrolizumab plus or minus chemotherapy. Again, similar concepts here. Uh, here, Avoco 2 is trying to answer the question of whether or not we can develop a chemotherapy-free combination regimen of sesotuzumab plus pembrolizumab is as effective as compared with chemotherapy alone. Lots of different arms in this study, but again, the hope is that we develop better agents and possibly eliminating chemotherapy as well. Keynote D46, Avoco 3, is comparing pembrolizumab with sesotuzumab versus pembro alone, similar to what we just talked about before with datapotamab in patients with PDL score greater than 50%. So again, multiple different ways of looking at this, trying to develop it to both improve outcomes and possibly eliminate chemotherapy as well. In the next session, let's review the safety profile of these trope 2 directed ADCs. So non-small cell lung cancer is the predominant form of lung cancer. Most patients are diagnosed in an advanced stage of disease with a five-year survival for those patients of less than 20%. We also know that those patients can deteriorate very rapidly during disease progression. This session will review the clinical implications of the latest safety data for emerging trope 2 directed therapies. We list most of the side effects seen in the trapion pan one study. This is the incidence of grade three or higher adverse events. And as you can see, relatively low numbers. Biggest thing seen, nausea, stomatitis, vomiting. Um, not a lot of grade three side effects here, which is great. One of the things as we combine with chemotherapy is whether or not there'll be a cumulative toxicity increase, especially with grade threes. Uh, in all ADCs, we're looking specifically at interstitial lung disease. This happens with the trope 2 ADCs, but can happen with any antibody drug conjugate. And this may be dose limited, so we want to watch for that very closely. And as you can see here, can see here in the trapion pan tumor 1 study, the incidence of grade 3 uh, ILD was 8%. So again, relatively low numbers, which is good. But again, it's something that we want to watch for very closely. Again, as we're bringing these agents to either combination therapy or second line, we want to make sure that the increase in toxicities uh, merits the fact that we may hopefully be improving outcomes as well. We'll now look at the IMU-132 uh, basket study. This is sasituzumab looking at patients with epithelial cancer. We talked before about the non-small cell lung cancer subset, but when we look at side effects, we like to look at all the patients treated. Uh, nearly 500 patients treated with sasituzumab. As you can see, the majority of the side effects were nausea, diarrhea, and vomiting. Uh, this was what you would expect with an antibody drug conjugate, especially the payload. Uh, which is an SN38, very few grade three toxicities. A little bit more neutropenia here, which is typical of the, of the warhead, uh, and some fatigue as well. Compared to datapotamab deruxican, we see very similar types of adverse events, slightly different side effect profiles, a little bit more diarrhea and vomiting um, with sesotuzumab, but less mucositis. In the final session, let's review how I see these agents being incorporated into the treatment paradigm for advanced non-small cell lung cancer and other clinical considerations for use. 
This session will discuss where these TROPE 2 directed ADCs may fit into practice based upon the preliminary data. So the, the hope right now is we've used docetaxel as a second-line treatment for a long time, and it's a drug that oncologists just don't like. It has a lot of side effects with very limited efficacy. The first thing that we hope is that these are approved in the second-line setting, and based upon tropion lung one the activity seen here is very impressive, especially because many of these patients were three, four, or even five lines of therapy. It'll be very interesting to see how they fall out in the front-line setting. Uh, we have fairly active drugs for newly diagnosed patients, uh, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens as we do those studies now going forward, and we hope that if there's any increase in toxicity that we mentioned, it'll be made up for by an improvement in response rates and survival. One of the things we're really hoping for as well is can we develop a completely chemotherapy-free regimen, especially for patients with a high PDL score, and then a world without docetaxel, which is currently the standard of care. We've been using that drug for a very long time, and as an oncologist, we all admit it's just not where we want it to be. Some other things to think about right now is, you know, these are antibody drug conjugates, and as of now, we have not been able to test for trope 2. Some studies have been done, but we have not been able to demonstrate a correlation of trope 2 expression and activity. There may be something in the future, we just don't know. Most importantly, multidisciplinary care for patients with stage 4 lung cancer. Patients are really in the hands of oncologists. Multidisciplinary care can be important too because patients develop side effects. You need to have your radish, uh, your radonc on board. You need to have your pulmonologist on board. So we really need to make sure that we're communicating with the team and getting the patient's team of doctors involved, of course, as we say, with the oncologist at the helm. So I think for practicing clinicians, we have to get used to, especially in lung cancer, the use of antibody drug conjugates. It'll hopefully represent a new paradigm for non-small cell lung cancer, but these are drugs that are going to be in many different cancers as well, and they have unique side effects. I think it's also important uh, to think about how do we improve outcomes for second-line non-small cell lung cancer, uh, because right now we have very poor standard of care options as docetaxel single agent. And then lastly, we always want to think about how do we get these drugs to patients sooner. Uh, we always talk about the fact that many patients do not get the second-line therapy and certainly not third-line. So if we can get more patients on better therapy early on, it might hopefully demonstrate itself with improved overall survival outcomes. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.